Welcome to the Condor Climbing Cast, Episode 4. Today we're going to talk about beta spray, staying curious, and becoming a better climbing partner. Uh, To start out this week, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, my process a little bit on how I do this podcast. So if any part of it feels kind of raw, that's kind of the idea of it. I'm, I don't want to edit. I'm not, I don't want to edit things out. I don't want to edit things in except for, of course, the intro and outro, um, especially with interviews. I think when I interview somebody, we either have to include everything or not include anything at all. So that's the same approach I want to take with when I'm just talking through things. Because I think it's important for you guys to hear my process because I don't have this stuff figured out. I'm trying to work through this stuff. I'm trying to work through this stuff too. So just a little bit before we go into it. Um, So to start, let's talk about beta spray. So let's do a quick story time. So I was having... I was coaching outside our first outdoor climbing trip with my friend Andy. It was his very first outdoor climb. So if you've ever climbed outside before, your first outdoor climb is like, it's a pretty exciting thing. It's a, it's a pretty big moment. Um, so he was working on his climb. He had stopped to kind of assess beta um, around the crux part of the climb. And this dad with two kids was kind of walking by and he stopped and he could tell Andy was struggling. So he just started yelling, the hold, it's right there. It's right in front of your face, dude. The hold, you don't see it. The hold's in front of your face, right in front of your face, kind of aggressively. Um, it was very odd. And I could see instantly from Andy that it put him off quite a bit. Um, It made him feel pretty stupid because he couldn't see the hold because it was his first time climbing it. But it kind of, it interrupted the, the process and kind of the beauty of his first outdoor experience. Um, cause I was just, I was there as his coach, but also as Blair and his friend. And I really wanted him to just experience it first and then we could work through it afterwards. So he came down, um, he had never experienced beta spray to that, uh, magnitude before. So we kind of talked through it and it really sparked my thoughts on, on this whole thing, this whole idea of beta spray. So let's dive into it a bit. What is beta spray? I would say beta spray is giving somebody an answer to the climb, giving somebody clear beta to a climb while they're climbing or um, while they're not climbing and just giving them kind of unasked for advice or beta about a climb. 
I see it a lot in the gym with uh, men doing it to women, kind of uh, doing the whole mansplaining thing. I think that term is overused, but I see that a bit. I see that happen, kind of a guy will go over to a girl and just be like, here's how you do it. But that's, that's not really accomplishing, I don't think, what you want to accomplish there. So let's talk about why not to do it. I think a big reason why not to do it is it oftentimes makes people feel stupid um, because they feel like they should have found that answer. When in reality, you could have been, you know, you could have worked for a month to find the answer to that climb or your beta for that climb. Um, but if you just spray that at somebody, it can make you feel pretty stupid. Um, why do we, so why do we spray beta? I think it's because human nature, we want to help. So that's what we do to, because we think it's helping. Um, but it's, in the end, it's, it's not really helping. It's, it's actually putting an ax in the climbing process, the process of discovery firsthand, like discovering a climb for yourself because you can't, your first experience on a climb is your experience. So it's going to be different from somebody else's experience. So if they spray like everything that they've learned about that climb and tell you everything about that climb, it's going to affect your experience on that climb. So we got to be pretty careful with that. One thing we can do, especially during the climb is just cheering people on instead of like throwing bait at them, just cheer them on. Just like, just tell them, tell them positive things, like help them get through it by just telling him like cheering him on, just cheer him on. And then after they're done climbing, if they're asking you questions, then share. I see a lot of people trying to share or spraying beta while somebody is climbing. And, um, that's gonna, first of all, if they can hear you, that means that they're in their head, which they should be focused on the climb itself. So not really accomplishing what you want there. Um, I think if we watched to learn and understand, like watching people climb to learn and understand, um, instead of watching to like give the answer and we want them to succeed, but in us wanting someone to succeed that bad, a lot of times we just give them all the answers and um, discount their climbing process. One important point I think is that climbing, that processing of the climb happens after the climb, usually not during. So that's an important thing to think about when you want to talk or share uh, beta or ask your climber questions. Um, that should be done uh, when they're not climbing. Uh, you can kind of bounce back and forth and, and process the climb. Try not to try not to have discussions during a climb, like try not to be talking to your climber during the climb. Um, you can have like key words I think are helpful, like talk to your climber and figure out what words are helpful or what reminders are helpful. So like for me, breath is really important. So 
reminding me to breathe will almost always help because if I'm remembering to breathe, it's fine. I'm doing it. But if I'm not, then that kind of gets me back into it. I think we should, I think understanding like as a duo should be the goal of when you're climbing with somebody or watching them climb. And that means appreciating uh, their process of learning um, because you want to help them understand. Uh, and that's deeper than just, that's like a knowing through experience. You want them to know through experience, um, not just because you told them. And the last point there is giving someone the answer often doesn't teach them anything. It may allow them to finish a climb. It may allow them to get through it, but they might not understand why it allowed them to get through it. I think that's a big part of it. And um, if we, if that person arrives on it themselves, I think a lot of times it uh, becomes ingrained a lot deeper. Another point there is why to watch to learn and understand is like with kids. I've seen it so many times when I'm coaching kids that they completely defy expectations, especially with beta. Like you see this climb done so many times this specific way. And then this kid comes along and just like does it in this just wild, super creative way especially kids that are really flexible or kids that are really short. Um, so I think oftentimes spraying beta at kids that are like adept climbers, but short, you know, oftentimes it's not going to be the correct beta for them. So you're actually hurting them in both ways where you're interrupting their process and you're giving them the wrong answer. <laughs> now, is it ever okay? So um, I was talking to my brother the other day and he brought up a good point. Shout out to Baron. What's up, dude? Um, we were talking about bouldering atmosphere because a bouldering atmosphere can be quite different. And I think sharing beta back and forth and working on a climb together is totally fine. Uh, I think we just gotta be careful with um, coming in to say you walk up to a boulder and people are bouldering outside, they have pads down and you join the party and maybe you've climbed that climb before and you just share with somebody, you know, exactly how to do the climb while they're working on it. It may feel good. You may feel like you're helping, but in reality, you know, maybe maybe they want to become better at reading beta or figuring out beta for themselves. So just make sure to kind of get an understanding of where the people are at and build that rapport and that relationship to understand, you know, what they, what they want. Maybe they just want support and they don't want um, the answers or advice. Okay. Let's talk about some options to hopefully becoming a better climbing partner. And this kind of goes, this is kind of the opposite way of like sharing the answer with somebody. So, and this is what's called, or what I call question-based assessments. 
So what is a question-based assessment? Let's do an example. So with this, you're asking your climber pointed questions. You're allowing them to understand your thought process. Um, if you can't explain your thoughts clearly at first, it's totally fine. Um, you're still engaged in a conversation and you're learning um, about each other. So an example, this is an absolute conversation. These are very, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not great at writing dialogue. So this is what I got here. So bear with me. This is the Blair talking to the climber after a fall. You're hesitating. Stop climbing so extended. If you work your right foot up, that move is so easy. Climber. Oh, okay. I can't seem to stand on that foot. It seems too high. Blair. It's not. So <laughs> you can see there's kind of a, a hierarchy built here. A clear hierarchy of like, this person knows, this person doesn't know. Um, I've seen this scenario play out a lot outside and in the gym. Uh, the Blair doesn't leave any room for discussion. They're setting up a clear hierarchy. Um, it happens a lot with couples. And it really takes away from how fun the discovery process of climbing can be. Even though we have to fight that human nature a little bit and, you know, let our friends and our partners struggle a bit. Because that's part of it. So this is a question-based um, discussion. So the first one was absolute, this is question-based. So Blair, why do you think you fell on that part, a climber? I'm not completely sure. I think I may have been holding my breath. Blair, yeah, often when I hold my breath, I climb real stiff. I think you may have been missing some feet out right. Do you see those feet out right by the third clip? Climber, oh, yep, I see those. Blair. Want to take a second to read your sequence and try it again? Climber. Sure, that sounds good. Can you remind me to breathe um, as I go through the sequence? I think that'll help. Blair. For sure. Yeah, so that's my, that's my take on acting. Anyways, um, in this dialogue, there's so much more room for back and forth. You know, it's, it's really, it, it plays out like any other conversation. But in the process, the climbing partners are learning more about each other and working on solving it together. Even if you know your beta for a climb or know like the established beta for a climb, it's still good to talk it through in this manner. Um, because like we talked about earlier with kids, you might actually learn something here. Um, it's also important to only shout out commands or reminders when asked um, because doing this may interrupt some climbers processes. So the person in this scenario asked for breath reminders and the belayer obliged. So that is that. Um, so why is this important? What I've seen from a coaching perspective is it makes the climber um, stay curious because you're asking pointed questions it stimulates the unconscious mind kind of automatically. So you're, you're promoting that, especially when um, stuff gets really difficult. It's important to keep your climber reminded of, you know, that there are potential um, solutions here. 
we got to stay curious to those because if we don't, it can get really frustrating. So learning with your climber, that's kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and this is beta as a conversation. So that's really what we've been talking about. You're arriving on beta together with your climber as a conversation. So even if you feel like you have the answer, you're still asking them pointing, pointed questions. So they arrive on their take on that beta. So the main thing you're getting at here is kind of the idea of delayed achievement and gratification. So in respecting the process, you are probably going to let your climber experience um, quite a bit of failure, but you're helping them learn through that process. And as long as you guys keep um, effort as the main thing you're up to and learning is the goal, it's hard to fail there. Um, but this will definitely delay the achievement and gratification because if you just gave your climber all of the answers, if you know the beta, they could finish it faster. But here they're learning a lot more both about themselves and you're also learning more about them, you know, what they're actually capable of or, you know, where they're at as far as reading beta um, because they work through it with you. If you give them a direct answer, you're oftentimes setting them up for failure in the future. So, you know, if they're not climbing with you, are they going to be able to figure out the climbs that they're on if you're not there anymore and you tend to kind of give them the beta all the time? So that's something to kind of consider. Um, if you help them arrive on understanding, you're setting them up for continued growth and future success, which I think is kind of the end all be all most important bit of it. So this kind of brings up the quote of give a man a fish, you feed him for the day, teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. So that, I mean, that gets at that, at that idea. Exactly. It's if you support your climbing partners process, um, you're setting them up for future success. Um, and then they can also share this process with another person. And then we can get away from this like seemingly helpful um, spraying of, of the answer beta spraying because it can feel good at the time, but we got to be careful and we got to, we have to be mindful of, you know, where that person's at and what they actually want out of their climbing or their climbing session. Uh, one big thing that I see, especially with coaches of kids is suspending disbelief. So if you don't think someone can do something, if it's not endangering them, keep it to yourself. Um, like let's think, let's think of a situation. So, you know, maybe you're outside with maybe, a someone younger than you that you're coaching or just climbing with outside. Um, maybe they're going to do something like a high first clip that you think is just not worth the risk and it's dangerous, then step in. But if 
they're if they want to try something that's semi that seems out of their league but it's not dangerous then suspend disbelief because i've seen some pretty amazing things happen when i just let somebody they wanted to try something let them try it and oftentimes they'll surprise themselves and they'll surprise you too in the process um something a way i've been working through this question-based assessment is practicing guiding awareness instead of instructing so instead of telling somebody how to do something you're guiding what they should be focused on so instead of saying like put your right foot on that chip right there or something like that or in your in a gym you can be more specific but instead saying focus on the feet or um how's your breath like throwing out different things like that as you see them coming up just to remind them what to be aware of what to focus on and because there you're not really giving them the answer you're just showing them where to look um, which i think is a little bit more helpful in the growth process okay so that's really what I wanted to go through today. It's a little bit shorter one, but it's about what I wanted to have covered. Please, if you guys, you guys listening, please reach out to me. And um, if you see me in person and you're listening to the podcast, let me know, tell me um, what has been resonating, what points or what topics could use more processing and the things you want to hear about more. And I'd love to talk to you guys and continue this conversation and keep it open because that's really what I'm doing here is I'm going through topics in order to, you know, illuminate those areas that maybe we're not thinking about so we can talk about them together and kind of figure this whole thing out together. That's the goal here. So thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, if you guys like the podcast and like the things I'm working on, you can support me on Patreon and that's patreon.com slash condor climbing. Um, there's a couple different tiers you can support me as, but just whatever you feel like you can donate. It helps a lot. It allows me to do this stuff, um, more with more frequency and focus on uh, sharing this information more. Um, to not just a select few, but to everybody. So it means a lot. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll catch you later. See ya. Thank you.